IMDb Journey podcast, where not only do we break down one film a fortnight from the IMDb Top 250 list, but we also do a wide variety of other things, including many, many games, trivia, pod v pods, what else we've been watching, and lots of banter between us. And by us, I mean myself and my co-host Hendo. Hendo, how are you going? Very well today, my friend. Very well, even though it is a quite a miserable day. I disagree, you sour, it's not, sour It's not miserable. Bastard. It's not miserable. It's cold, the, the it's day, rainy. The day is what you make it, okay? There are people who live every single day of their lives in the cold and rain. Do you think they're miserable every day? Probably they are. Yeah. That sounds really <laughs> depressing. I mean, how, how have you been, mate? What, what have you been doing this week? I hear you uh, weren't feeling the best. No, I was really, really sick. And I'm not going to get You in- sad bastard. You know, you need to take take the day as it is, live your life, get, get, some, the day. get some happiness in it. Every day is not miserable, <laughs> all right? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I won't get into the gory details, but basically I had I was hands deep in vomit of wide varieties of food. No detail, though. <laughs> no, I won't, I won't get into the gory details, but um, no, nah, the whole family's been sick. I was cleaning up all the kids' spew, and then two days later I got it, and it was it was real and nasty. I have not been, like, vomit sick in a long time. Dean is podcasting in a bubble tonight as to avoid any infection. I was, I mean... I'm surprised you are. You it's still, the Morps. You still wanted me over here. Moors. Uh, it's the Moops. I'm sorry, it's his Moops. Yeah, no, so if you get sick, that's uh, that's that's my bad, basically. Yeah, but I won't whinge and suck about it. Oh, you will. <laughs> you definitely will. You did miss out on a fun Saturday night here with all of our other collective friends for a couple of beers. Yes. You were sending us your sad faces. Literally, were, the missus was in bed. photos of me in bed. I know, calm down, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was, it, was, it was a nightmare. Oh, well, you seem to be a little bit better now. Oh, yeah, I mean, yesterday... Was still pretty average today. I just thought, no, bugger it. I'm going to smile today. And it has made a world of difference. Well, you're definitely going to be smiling when we talk about all these great films today. And we've got our awesome Pod V Pod 17 coming up with Mr. Kevin Brackett from The Real Spoilers. Yes, we do. And we're very excited to get Kevin on board and have a... Uh, a great chat with him today. On top of that, Hendo, what else have we got for today? Well, we're going to be looking at the answers that you, the listeners, gave to our question of the week, which is what film has your favourite ensemble cast which is also our top five this week. Now, Dean, I've got to tell you, this Dude. is the hardest bloody top five I've, I've done so far on the podcast. Really? It was rough. Okay. What about you? Uh, not as rough you as know, I haven't think done it, it yet, was have you? for you. No, I've, def- <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely done it. There's, it is hard because it's so broad. What sort of parameters are you going off here? Mm. But yeah, I've... I like it. I do I'm very, like it. I'm very keen to, to hear top five. And then after that, we'll also be looking at the results of the final eight in our best 1960s film tournament. And then after that, we'll be talking about what else we've been watching for the last fortnight, which everyone does know. I've been watching a lot of movies recently because I do have the movie challenge with Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. So why don't we go take a look at those numbers for the week? He's a race. He's a race. I'm winning. I'm winning. And at the time of this recording, based off the letterbox numbers, Paul is at 141 and I am at 156. So Very nice. Maybe pulling away there? I'm pr- I feel pretty comfortable with this. I'm, I'm doing all right. Good. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here and give you a couple of promos from some other awesome podcasts out there. And we'll be back on the other side with Pod V Pod 17. I'm Nick. I'm Justin. And I'm Brian. And we're the hosts of the Epic Film Guys podcast. With the live stream for The Cure coming May 17th, we want to know... What's, What's your, your story? story? 
The Livestream for the Cure is a charity event to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute for a future free of all forms of cancer. It's also a celebration of those we've loved, those we've lost, and those who continue to fight. This event is so much bigger than just our little show. It's about all of us and how we've been affected by cancer. Throughout the 40-hour Livestream for the Cure, we'll be sharing your photos and stories so we can honor who we're fighting for. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com slash what's your story and learn how you can share your story with us. Together, we can make a difference. Every week on Real Spoilers, what we do is we take that week's big release on the weeks that we guess right, and we spoil it for you. So if you saw a movie and you want to talk about it with your friends, but maybe maybe you don't have any friends, we can be your friends in podcast form. We'll talk about the movie in rich, vibrant detail, and it's kind of like a book club for movies. Yeah, we're so, just a bunch of movie nerds. Yeah, and you know? so it's just a long-form conversation about the movie, going through its plot, talking about what worked, and uh, a lot of times what didn't, and making fun of it when it doesn't work. So that's what we do on Real Spoilers. It's like a book club for movies, only with less Oprah, which is good. <laughs> it's, I mean, Unless you like Oprah. And if you do like Oprah, God love you, but you won't <laughs> like what we're doing. No, you I'll will. tell you that right you now. You can start a letter-writing campaign and get Oprah on the show, though. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We'll take her. I mean, not take her, but we'll... <laughs> Don't forget that we are available on iTunes. You can go there and uh, subscribe and rate and review us, and we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, that uh, means the world to us, especially since you're not paying us to listen to this anyway. <laughs> the least you could do is stroke our ego by leaving a review or saying something nice. nice. You know. And if you like the show, feel free to share it on uh, your Facebook, social media, Twitter, verse, thing, stuff. There. <laughs> All right, it's time for Pod V Pod 17, where we have some of your favorite podcasters on for a variety of different movie games. And this week, we've got Kevin Brackett from Real Spoilers. How are you today, mate? Welcome. Hey guys, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. So for anyone who hasn't heard your show, why don't you tell them a bit about yourself and the podcast? Sure. So uh, my podcast is Real Spoilers. And what we do is we take on the movie of the week, usually a new release. And we like to think of ourselves as kind of a book club for movies. So we're not going through and analyzing different character motives and trying to get really scholarly on things. It's a really casual conversation where we literally just kind of go beat, beat by beat through the movie. We have a lot of fun with with it we joke around it's three or four of us so we're good friends we've all known each other a long time so yeah we love film and uh sometimes we do throwback episodes so we'll go through if there's a slow week for movies we'll do a rewind to, you know 80s 90s movies we love sometimes we do something called deep fried tacos which are bad movies that you know are bad but you love them anyway so that's a lot of fun yeah. so yeah <laughs> always love those episodes and uh yeah so specialty episodes and all that but are usually what we do is it's the biggest movie of the week or what we think will be is the biggest movie of the week fantastic it's always good to have a fellow movie buff on for pod v pod gives us a challenge <laughs> listen to this guy <laughs> well i'm still throwing it out there we haven't actually lost a pod v pod yet we've wow. tied a couple but you know maybe this will be the day who knows this maybe i'll just be. jinx myself i kind of wish it is just to shut you up <laughs> <laughs> i think the last one i listened to you guys won with an overwhelming score of one does that sound uh, right? Oh, the, oh, the, oh, the trivia part. Yeah, the yeah. Trivia. One to nil. <laughs> We've been on a real cold streak with our trivia questions. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully we can break them all today. So why don't we get into it? Let's start off with what we just mentioned, our first round, which is our standard movie quiz. Pop quiz, asshole. 
We've got five questions apiece here. One correct answer per guess. Yep. And the winner is the person with the most points. I mean, I don't know why I keep explaining the rules to this one. It's so simple. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't we ask the first question to you, Kevin? Here we go. Oh, by the way, this these questions are from our top-tier patron, Shane. So thank you very much to Shane. So any hate mail can go to Shane. All right, Kevin? I'm a little worried now. I'm, you know, I know how hard these questions can be, and now I feel like this guy's really going to stick it to me. Uh, he, you might, he might be generous to you. Like, the questions we usually give are pretty hard. He might, he might have got a little bit soft on you. Who knows? All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. First question here is a multiple choice for you, so good start for you. All right. Which of the following epic war films has the second longest runtime? Braveheart, The Patriot, The Last Samurai, or Gladiator? Oh, man, your, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Remember, all hate mail to Shane. Yeah, jeez. It's like, which one of these four long movies is the second most long? Uh, <laughs> so let's see, A, B, C, or D. I don't even remember the titles, but let's go with C. <laughs> so C, The Last Samurai, is incorrect. Oh, who would have known? Apparently Shane did, because with a runtime of two hours and 45 minutes, it's actually B, The Patriot. I would like to know how close the other ones are, though. Are there ones that are like four minutes less or six minutes I'm more? I'm almost certain it's like two hours 46, <laughs> yeah. two hours 47. <laughs> so, like, if I would have guessed that, I mean, who would actually know that? <laughs> I, I, I'm guaranteeing you he went and did his research, too. It's not like he thought, oh, no, that, that's, a, yeah. that's, that's an easy answer. <laughs> oh, oh, well. Well, you know, there's still four more chances, right? That's right. That's it. All right. Uh, who wants to go first? Do you want to? I'll go first. All right. Dane's going to answer the first. What do you question. got, Kevin? All right. Let's see what I can do here for you. Um, this question, uh, the category is I have no idea because I didn't categorize. And here we go. Uh, who who said that he was thrilled to be the first convicted felon to receive Harvard's Hasty Pudding Award? What? <laughs> <laughs> can, can I have Shane's questions, please? <laughs> okay. There's there's a lot in that. So was that ex felon? received a harvard award something to do with pudding <laughs> i don't know that i don't know that the pudding part of it is actually relevant but i guess that's what oh, they well, call there goes award. all my answers <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't vanilla slice <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't betty crocker either i'll tell you that <laughs> uh in, in all seriousness though could you please repeat the question <laughs> I'd be happy to, and I also have—I mean, I have a couple backup questions. So you know, if this is uh, disqualified no, or anything, no, 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 no don't be silly. He's, right. he's going to have a go. All right. So this—you know—now if I repeat this the second time, you'll surely be able to figure out the answer. Who said he was thrilled to be the first convicted felon to receive Harvard's Hasty Pudding Award? First, first, Jesus, I will say, <laughs> I have no idea. Um. O.J. Simpson. I don't think it's like that. I think it's a character in a movie who's a, who's a convicted felon. I think that's what he's trying to say. Oh, so it's not an actor. I don't know. Well, you've answered your question. Yeah, I've answered. You're clearly wrong. <laughs> uh, sorry. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. It is Robert Downey Jr. Ooh. No, you were on the ball. Like, I was way oh, yeah, off. Yeah, you were way off. <laughs> okay. Nah. All right. <laughs> That's a weird question. Thank you for but, that, Kevin. <laughs> you know what, what, what is I, a tasty pudding award? Setting the tone for the trivia, I might add. I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. If, if it had something to do with punch drunk love, I could understand it, but I have no idea what this is, honestly. Tasty pudding award, hey? <laughs> maybe it's like a um, how hot he is sort of thing. Like a, uh, one of those random... Oh, but it's Harvard. Random. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Interesting. Good question, Kevin. Solid. Good start. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. Next question for you. Which actor had a small but memorable role in the following films? Wayne's World, 
Scary Movie, and The Pursuit of Happiness. Wayne's World, Scary Movie, and The Pursuit of Happiness. So I know all three of those movies. I am quite fine. I'm quite fond of Wayne's World. Scary How could you not be? Yeah. Am I right, Hendo? I'll keep my mouth shut on this one. <laughs> <laughs> In the pursuit of happiness, which that seems, I mean, that's such a polar opposite of, of those other two, but because the pursuit of happiness, that's the Will Smith one, right? That's like a serious, dramatic type of yes. movie. Yes. Um, let's see. Oh, the only, the, the only, oh my gosh, I'm just, I, I, I'm totally blank here. The only thing I can think of, the only. I think this is scary movie too, though. But I was gonna—I was thinking of the guy with the small hand in Scary Movie Two. That's like, uh, <laughs> take my strong hand. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's Scary Movie Two, so that wouldn't even be correct. So I, oh man, I am just—I'm gonna have to just—I'm uh, just gonna say Dana Carvey. <laughs> no, it's uh, Kurt Fuller. Kurt Fuller, who is that? Are well known for his uh, roles in Wayne's World and <laughs> Scary Movie. <laughs> oh, Shane, Shane, Shane. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll, I'll, well, we're doing very well here. We're nil for three. We're on par for every other pop we've done for the last couple of months. Perfect. I'm glad to know I'm I'm setting the pace. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to come out of left field with some crazy five out of five. People would with think some I'd correct be all right, so you ready for question number two? Yeah, let's do it. All right, this one has nothing to do with pudding, so the category is not pudding. Oh, <laughs> so here we go. To be fair, isn't every category pudding or not pudding? <laughs> well, well, at least you know which one you're getting into. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. What Oscar-winning film finds Meryl Streep ominously spilling wine on her wedding dress? Jeez, I was hoping that it would round it down, but you said Oscar-winning and Meryl Streep. I'm like, that's like, that's so many. <laughs> Uh, can you just repeat that one more time? Absolutely. Now remember, it's not pudding, it's wine on her <laughs> wedding dress, okay? So what Oscar-winning film, so the film is Oscar-winning, finds Meryl Streep ominously spilling wine on her wedding dress? Man. He's got no idea. Mm, no, give me a minute, give me a minute. <laughs> hey, what's all that typing I hear on Google.com in the background? <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> just trying to think of... Oscar winning movies that she's in not because of her performance but she's in sure Uh, I mean I can only think of one and I can't even remember her doing it in this but then I can't really remember the movie Um, whatever okay Kramer versus Kramer no I'm sorry that's incorrect the answer you guys will probably kick yourself if you saw my Twitter feed in the last day it is the deer hunter oh my god okay that makes absolute sense. <laughs> jeez. I was I was worried. I thought, oh, jeez, I was just posting about that. I hope they don't connect the dots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, zero for four. Going strong. There's that long wedding sequence in yeah, that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes complete sense. <laughs> Shit. Now I know who's muting right. me on Twitter. Okay, guys. Oh, come <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Here's question three for you. How old is M. Night Shyamalan? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like I have any idea. Uh, okay, let's see. So 
I'm going to say here, this is my thinking behind this because I have no clue, but let's say, so 1999 was the sixth sense. I'm going to say he was probably in his mid-20s when he made that. That's 20 years ago. I'm going to say he's 46. 48. So oh. close. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? I have at least the thought process is right there. Yeah, yeah, we're spot on there. All right. All right, Dean. Come on. This is gonna be sure is mounting. This is gonna be the one right here. You ready? Yeah. All right. What movie character jokes that she holds a Guinness World Record for killing more people than any other female FBI agent? Okay. To all the listeners out there, we host a movie podcast. <laughs> we have some knowledge of movies, so please don't tune out after this. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> it's so annoying. I can only think of one female FBI agent, and it's not Clarice Starling. Ah, <laughs> oh, FBI. All right. Mate. Now, I never said whether this is the Federal Bureau of Investigation or the female body inspectors, so you don't know. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Pass. Do you have any idea, Hendo? No. Yeah. Who is it? Really? You, you want to just pass? Just don't say the one. Just, like, <laughs> what? Don't don't pass. How about you say an answer that was on your mind at least? Cl- wink, hint, hint, Cl- wink. Cl- Clarice. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> at least say that. At least, right. at is least it, say is it is it Clarice Stalin? <laughs> you have to answer in the form of a question. No. All right. <laughs> the answer. <It> just did. <laughs> is it Clarice Stalin? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> the the answer is Clarice Starling. Oh, oh man, what? you're so lucky. You're so lucky. Oh my gosh, that's why I didn't want you to pass. I kind of gave that one to you, but you you know that was the first name that came to your mind. I'm proud of you. It was. Thank you. Very good, Dean. You're uh, on the. I'll, I'll you're you're well on point, point there. <laughs> now now Shane is going to throw me one that I can guess next, right? Oh uh, well, you have you have a you have another multiple choice here. Okay. So twenty five percent chance. <laughs> Which of these actors has had the most movie slash acting appearances? Michael Caine, Donald Sutherland, Samuel L. Jackson, or Anthony Hopkins? Oh, it has to be Samuel L. Jackson. I'm going with that C. Yeah, I would have said that as well, but unfortunately it's actually Donald Sutherland with 172 acting appearances. You are kidding me. (laughs) Nope. Yeah, I would have said Samuel L. Jackson too. Holy cow. Well, he can't call himself the hardest working man in show business anymore. That's a lie. It is a lie. Yeah. He needs to lift his game. Yeah. <laughs> 100. <laughs> to be fair, it's probably one of those uh, Donald Sutherland, 172, Samuel L. Jackson, 171. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking that up after this episode, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my turn for a question. If I get this right, we win. Oh, wow. All right. Well, I better make this one a real hard one. Okay, here we go. They're not hard already. (laughs) Right? (laughs) All right, here we go. And your question is, what horror film character whacked 124 folks? Sorry, the the word whacked. Let me start over here. (laughs) No, we get it. Don't worry. (laughs) All right, here we go. I've got to get my Alec Trebek uh, uh, job going here. All right. What horror film character whacked 124 folks in nine movies between 1980 and 2000? Nine films from 80 to 2000. Okay. It's, I feel like it's either, it's either Freddy or Jason. Those are the two I can think of. So 
How many of each is there? When did they finish? I don't think Nightmare on Elm Street went for that long. 2000 was... It was like Jason X. Jason X. Okay, I really feel like... Because there's Jason X, which is 10. I really feel like uh, I've just eliminated that character. So just just by that, I'm going to say Freddy Krueger. The answer is Jason Voorhees. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so ah, close. Uh, that's all right. Oh, we're, we're still winning. I'll hold, I'll hold my head on that one. Thank you, Dean. <laughs> all right, Kevin. you got to get this one to get a tie at least. All right, here we go. I'm ready. All right, we have another multiple choice for you here. In 1971's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, what colour were the everlasting gobstoppers? A, purple. B, green. C, red and white. D, multicoloured. Oh, wow. Oh, jeez. I'm trying to think back. So, I mean, the fir- my first thought off the top of my head was multicolored. Like, so I was waiting to see if that was an answer. But now I'm worried that maybe there were only two colors, like the red and white. Uh, purple also sounds right. So, <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, uh, uh, would you mind reading those all four again for me? Sure can. Purple, green, red and white, or multicolored. Uh, I'm probably going to kick myself for this one, but my first instinct was multicolored, so I'm going to go with D. You got it. Oh, my God. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Redemption for you. All right. I'm excited. So this this will be our final question, the tiebreaker. Yep. And luckily, we get to collab on this one. Oh, boy. All right. Is it lucky? I don't know. Well, couldn't be any worse. (laughs) Well, let me see if I can get to Shane level here with my question. Are you guys ready for this? (laughs) Let's do it. All right. What talk show host played himself in Primary Colors, Ghostbusters, and The Exorcist 3? All right. So the only one I've seen out of those is Ghostbusters. Yeah, me too. So, but let's think timing as well. Yeah, so mid-80s, you obviously eliminate... Like Conan O'Brien, uh, but I don't think Jay Leno is at that point. Maybe mm-hmm. so. You're thinking like uh, Letterman? David Letterman, Johnny Carson. I think was he still? Was Johnny Carson being a bloody Ghostbusters film? What do you mean in <laughs> films? I don't know. Probably I, not. Do you think? I think Letterman would though. But what? Le- where? Where has Letterman been in other movies? Can you actually think of him as some sort of movie star? No, but surely he has. Is, is there other talk show? People? So you think Jay Leno is Oprah? Yeah, no. You you want to think down that route as well? I mean, I I didn't ever think of Oprah. That's a good, it's a good one. And they're playing themselves. Yes, this this is an actual talk show host. Talk show host playing themselves. And it's Ghostbusters Exorcist Three. Do you think they're going to be in Exorcist oh, Three? Uh, Oprah wouldn't be in Exorcist <laughs> Three. Exorcist Two, maybe. But not third. No, I think. I think honestly, we can eliminate Oprah from Exorcist Three. Okay. If this answer is Oprah, you're uh, going to be really upset. The primary colors is that. Um, primary colors is mid nineties with John Travolta. John Travolta. See, so, I feel like her and. Uh, so it spans. John like, Travolta would, would be Exorcist, quite chummy. Exorcist would be in the eighties. Exorcist Three would be in the eighties. I think. I would. I have no idea. Uh, what year was Ghostbusters? Eighty-four. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I would, I, if it was me, I'd settle on Letterman. You really think it's going to be Letterman? Okay, what do you think is better than Letterman? When you're going into primary colours in mid '90s, so he was still, he was still going very strong. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I really can't think. And of I a, feel like he would answer. stoop to an Exorcist three level. Really? Well, why not? I don't know too much about the man. Whatever. Let's, he's, let's, let's he's go. Got a sense of humour about him. 
a little bit. Let's, okay, I'm cool with David Letterman. All right, we're going to go David Letterman. Well, Letterman wouldn't, but Larry King would. Oh, Larry King, not even on the mind. Nah. All right. Well, another awesome showing. <laughs> One apiece. Well done. <laughs> so there's no tiebreaker? Is it? Uh, nah. We just tied so far, huh? Yeah, that's right. We'll uh, see, see how we go ahead into the next couple of rounds. So our second game here is... Wait a minute. Don't I know you from somewhere? Where both teams have three actors or actresses and the other team has to guess what is their known for movies on their IMDb page. Now, we asked you the first question first for the first round. Why don't you give us your first actor and I'll go first this time. Yep. Sure. Now, I will say this is very tricky and from listening to your show and from doing my research on IMDb, I am amazed at what movies pop up in these in these four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some be, there's some I, real weird ones we've seen. I saw one that had a uh, a video game on his phone for. <laughs> really? Yeah. Right. I was like, wow. That's the weird thing is that it can be not even just film, and so you really have to think of television. And I didn't even think about video mm-hmm. games. It's interesting. So, all right. Well, this first one, um, I have uh, I've, I chose three actors that are in films or that I really like their careers. And so, this first actor is in one of my favorite movies, and I chose Johnny Lee Miller. Okay, I'm going to start off with Train Spotting. Yes. Hmm. I will say Hackers. Nope. I'm going to say T2 train spotting. Incorrect. Oh, shit. <laughs> Not big on the old Johnny Lee Miller, man. What else has he, what else has he done? Oh, man, Kevin, are you throwing me off the TV? Because I know he's in a, a TV show. I say. Yeah, okay. Good on you. The only thing I can think of is the TV show that he's in. Give me a minute. I'll try and think of another movie. Otherwise, I'm going to that TV show. No, nah, I'm going to say Elementary. That is correct. Okay, that's all right then. So the other two now uh, are Mine Hunters, which I never saw, so I think that's an odd choice. Uh, and, yeah. of, and of course, uh, everyone's favorite film from 2000, Dracula 2000. God, Jesus. <laughs> I'm happy I got yeah. two. <laughs> I know, and, and one of my favorite movies of all time is Hackers. I don't know how he is not in there for basically his first big movie, but oh well. That's where he met uh, his future wife, Angelina Jolie. Exactly. Future ex-wife. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Dean. All right. Your first actress is Kirsten Dunst. All right. Okay, so um, Interview with the Vampire. Correct. Um, ooh, I want to say Spider-Man, but I don't know if they're tricky. Would, would you take differences? It, it matters, right? Oh, it matters. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, oh, geez. I want to say... Oh, I'm just going to say regular Spider-Man. Correct. Oh, whew. Um, I thought you were going to do some sneaky trick there where you say Spider-Man and then Dean goes, no, you're like, two, I was, I was I finished. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you guys. <laughs> now the question is, is Spider-Man 2 on there as well? That's Ooh. what I have to think about. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst. Uh, I'm going to pull a weird one. I think she was in that uh, Elizabeth Town. No. I mean, she might have been, but it's, it's not here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I was just taking a shot in the dark there. Um I am having a real trouble pulling Kirsten Dunst movies for some reason, even though she's been in a ton of films. Um, I'm going to say Spider-Man 2. And you would be wrong. <laughs> oh. okay. Two apiece, though, right? The other the other two were Melancholia oh. and one from 1994, Little Women. Oh, jeez. 
Well, I, I, I will say that Melancholy, I really hated that movie. Is that Lars von Trier? It is. It is. Yeah, I could not stand that movie, and so I've really blocked it from memory. So I, I'm just proud of myself for not remembering that movie. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not a Lars von Trier fan, so I haven't seen it. I really don't intend to. <laughs> uh, I think you're better off. But hey, you know, I'm sure some people like it. Yeah, like uh, our patron Shane. <laughs> Oh, did he like it? Oh, yeah, I think yeah. It's oh, okay. it's the only other Tr- Von Trier film he recommended. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. What, uh, sorry, Shane. Don't <laughs> worry, <laughs> right, he's used to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, it's Dean's turn. Okay, so number two, your actress is Saoirse Ronan. Okay. Give me a sec. Man, I wish I got this one. Sure. <laughs> I felt like I could have got it before. Uh, okay. I haven't seen it. And I'm, I'm not even sure it's her. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> You're on fire. Is it? Is Carol there? No. Oh, my God. What are you doing? Okay. That's all right. Hmm. Tough one. Saoirse Ronan. Do you know who Saoirse Ronan is? I do. She was in that, that big movie recently. And oh, for the shit. life of me, <laughs> I cannot remember what it's called. So um, it really matters what order you ask these questions in. This is interesting. Absolutely. I, oh, what? I, I would have been done by now. What? <laughs> Hold on. Um, throw out uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, I love that movie, but no. What is that fucking movie called? <laughs> <laughs> it was like I, like, I loved it. I loved it. Um, Laurie Metcalf got nominated. What is that movie called? Oh. You, oh, this, you, this, this is one of the worst this letdowns. This is gonna I've kill ever. me. <laughs> this is gonna kill me. I love this movie. I love movie. this though. <laughs> well, this is I, I can totally relate to you guys because I watch a ton of movies too, and there's answers to questions that you just know that you know, and sometimes you just can't access them. Come on, Dane, just get it out of your head. Ah. <sighs> uh, Oh, Ladybird. That's the movie, but it's not on here. <laughs> oh, no. I, I think I'm done. I don't think I know of her in any other movie. Uh, uh, Shosha Ronan. No, nah, I'm out. Wow. Dean, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a couple <laughs> out there. We'll go Mary Queen of Scots. Nope. Okay. Uh, Hannah. Yes. Ooh. The Lovely Bones. Yes. That's that. that would've, I would have said okay. Ladybird. Okay. Yeah, Lady Bird, surprisingly, because I'm sure that's her most popular as far as, you know, the movie did so well. But uh, Oh, uh, Brooklyn as well. Yep, that's on there. Yeah, okay. that's three okay. of the four. The other one is Atonement. Uh, okay. Dean. Yeah, I was never, I was never getting them. I'm, I'm happy <laughs> you picked Grand Budapest and Lady Bird. Of <laughs> no, I, those are my two, probably two of my favorite. I mean, I like a lot of her stuff, but I love Grand Budapest Hotel. I can't believe yeah. that's not on there. But Lady Bird, that's a big head scratcher. Absolutely. All right, Kevin, you got a good chance to take a commanding lead here, and we've got for you Sharon Stone. Oh, I know nothing about Sharon Stone. (laughs) (laughs) Good start. Good start for us. Uh, Yeah, thank you. Uh, Okay, so that is... uh, Let me just see if I can pull some of these out of my head, though. Um, Oh, so the one where she turns in a chair and shows everybody... uh, Everyone what? (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, um, I'm not think... familiar with that. <laughs> oh, jeez! I see. I feel like an idiot. Like I'm. It's. It's like I should know these answers. Um, 
I wonder if that movie's been referred to as that that movie where she's <laughs> no one knows the name of the movie. They just call it that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think when they parody it, if you if you guys are familiar with Loaded Weapon One, that's one of my favorite comedies. I think there's an actual beaver that's in her dress when she spins around in the chair. <laughs> Gross. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a stuffed animal. It's a cute little beaver. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. So that. Oh man, I. God, I should know these answers. Um, uh, was she just in Casino that you talked about? She was in that, and that is on the list. Excellent. So good thing I listened to that episode too. <laughs> um, okay, because see, uh, listeners, it pays to listen to us. <laughs> see, right? <laughs> um, okay, so one. There we go. Um, God, what is that stupid movie though that I cannot think of? This is killing me that I can't remember this. You won't accept uh, Beaver Chair. Uh, normally I would. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, oh, man, I just, I am not, I just am not very familiar with her filmography. I'm like, the, she's my Saoirse Ronan. <laughs> um, but uh, so it's uh, like, I want to say, uh, was she, was she in True Lies? No. Okay. Jeez. I, I, you know, and I can picture that scene. I, unless I'm thinking of the completely wrong person. <laughs> you just lost all concentration. This is what you're taking off now. Uh, no wonder you're taking so long. <laughs> hey, can you give me a few minutes, guys? I'll break it. I want to say it's, it's like I, all I can think of in my head, these aren't my answers, but I can think of like, I just want to say it's something like LA Confidential or clear and present danger or true lies or you know it's like i i can it, uh, it's killing me is she in oh my gosh i what's is the timer about to run out i hate to leave you hanging for too long no whenever you whatever you got something all right <laughs> i'll accept the pass <laughs> uh give me one second i'm gonna try to think of that one that one movie Oh, I'm just going to say pass. It's killing me, but I've got to. Okay. The three you missed out on were Sliver. Okay. Never heard of it. Uh, The Quick and the Dead. Huh. And AKA Beaver Chair, Basic Instinct. (laughs) Basic Instinct. I would have never guessed that. Like, I've seen that movie once a long time ago. Oh, I, I wouldn't have thought of it, so I'm glad I didn't take up more of your time. Well, you thought of it. You thought a little bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe too uh, much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if Beaver Chair won't work, then I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was good for us. I thought we were going to be out of it. But no, we're only down by one point heading into the last round, and we've got a collab here. So, Kevin, what do you got for us, mate? All right, well, your third uh, category here, your third actor is Jeff Goldblum. Ooh, okay. All right, we're going to have a quick discussion right, here, so don't lock in anything yet. Okay, so we're thinking, obviously, The Fly. Oh, I was going to say Jurassic Park as well. Jurassic Park. I think those are two locks. Is he... Which, okay, the first Jurassic Park. Well, we're not doing Buddy Fallen Kingdom, are we? Just making sure. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think he'd be the first one. I mean, he's definitely more prominent in Lost World, but I don't know. I feel like it'd be the first one. Okay. Well, we'll just see. We'll, we'll see. So, if you're going you're to throw Wes Anderson in there, we're going to do Steve Zizou, or we're going to do Grand Budapest. I'd probably take Grand Budapest over okay. Steve Zizou. So we'll say that as a number three, maybe. Jeff Goldblum. I mean, hmm. are, we, are we thinking Thor Ragnarok? Yep, that's the, the fourth film that I can think of. 
The uh, Tall Guy. Ne- I, I don't know. Never heard of it. It's a classic. Emma Thompson. Well, why don't we go with... Why don't we lock in the first two? Okay, so we're going to go The Fly. Yes. Jurassic Park. Correct. Okay. All right, good. So two so far. So like, I'm, okay. I, think, I, th- I think we can do The Lost World as well. <sighs> I don't know. It seems a bit easy, doesn't it? But I think that is much more well-known than the other ones we suggested. All right, let's do it. All right, The Lost World. No. Ah, you idiot. Henry. Well, what uh, what, are you, what else you got? Uh, let's let's do you Grand want, Budapest. Yeah, you want to do Grand Budapest? Yeah. You don't want to throw in a Thor Ragnarok? Nah, what was the film you said? The Tall Guy? We're not putting the Tall Guy. Are you sure? <laughs> Pretty sure. Was he in The Fly 2? <laughs> is there a Fly 2? I think there is, but I, I don't even know if he's in it. All right, you want to go Grand Budapest? You yeah. want to go Steve Zizou? Isle of Dogs? Nah, not Isle of Dogs. <laughs> I think he, Grand Budapest is a much more well-known film. So I would choose yeah. that over Steve Zissou. Yeah, that's, that was my thinking too. It's much more well-known and critically acclaimed. So yeah, right, we'll do that. Yeah, lock in Grand Budapest Hotel. You have chosen wisely. Excellent. Yes. That good. was a good one. I, I was I was worried for you for a second. I thought you were going to change it to Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> you would have really been mad. <laughs> what was the last one? Uh, the last one is Independence Day. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Wow. How did we forget that? How quickly we forget. Oh, man. Well, I'm happy with three. Yeah, three's good. (laughs) I'll tell you what. I think IMDb is its own little trivia challenge, though, because some of these are really tricky. Absolutely. That's why why this game's gold. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kevin, your last round here. You need to get two for the tie or three for the win. All right. Wow. All right. I'm hoping this is someone that I know. And please don't have it be anyone related to Sharon Stone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, your final actor is Billy Bob Thornton. Oh wow! Okay, so Sling Blade, correct? Um, it's got uh, Bad Santa's got to be on there. Let's go with that. No. Oh, that's surprising. Crap. Okay, well there's my one. So, hmm, I want to say. Thinking out loud here, since I don't have a partner to confer with, I, <laughs> I'm I'm not a big sports movie fan, but I feel like he was in a football movie, and so I don't know what it is if he was. So that is probably going to be my downfall here. I really thought they would have given it to Bad Santa since that was so popular. Jeez, I've you guys, you guys are probably going to get me on this one. That's the plan. It's certainly looking that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would, right? <laughs> Jeez, that's another guy. I just feel like I haven't heard much from lately. Like, uh, like Kirsten Dunst. Like, I used to. I remember her from all the movies in the two thousands. And <clears throat> Billy Bob. I just it's escaping me. Um, can I borrow one of your partners to talk to? <laughs> <laughs> well, out of us two, our actual partners. I think they'd be worse at this. <laughs> Anyone? No. Um, yeah, I can't believe it. I'm just completely blanking. One more for a tie, Kevin. That's all you need. One more for a tie. Come on, Kevin. Was I'm was he in Monster? Is that a pick? That's a pick. I have no idea if he was, but he's not it's not <laughs> one of the movies. <laughs> oh. Well that's a breath of fresh air. We haven't lost this one. Nice. Um Monster's Ball. I'm going to choose that. He is in that one. He definitely is in that one. In more ways than one. But that is not one of the movies, uh, unfortunately. That's, that's, what I was, that's what I was thinking of. I said monster and I meant monster's ball. But okay, well, you got me, guys. That was, uh, that was, that was tough. That was that intense. Was, that was so what's, right. what's the football one that he's in? 
It's got to be it, right? Uh... I don't know. It's not oh, on this list. I can definitely picture him yeah. on the on the football field, though. right? Okay. Yeah. Is no, no. It's not. Um, remember the Titans. That's Rob Duvall, isn't it? With Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. Yeah. yeah. Right. What are the other three, Dean? All right. The other three are a simple plan. Okay. The man who wasn't there. Oh yeah. And Armageddon. Oh, you know what, guys? I have never seen Armageddon. Ooh. Jesus. I know a lot of it's people. Yeah, a lot of people love that movie, you know, and it was just like one of those 90s action with the Aerosmith soundtrack and everyone loves it and uh, big, big cast and everything. But no, I've never seen it. That was the first film I ever bought on DVD. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was right in that time period in the 90s where uh, was that like 97 Armageddon? 98. Yeah. 98. Okay, cool. Well, wow. Good, good match, guys. Those are some tough ones. Yeah. Well, after the results here, we've got a score of five to us and four to you. So we take a lead heading into our last game, which is, of course, our movie draft. All right. Now, Kevin, we usually get our guests to pick the draft here, but this week is our patron request, and Shane's back again, and he's gone with stage to screen adaptations. So well, this was this is an interesting one. <laughs> definitely. Well, I mean, I'm a big I'm a big uh, musical guy. I like to see a lot of Broadway shows, and uh, I do enjoy the musical film. So this is a good category. This is interesting for me. I had to do a, uh, a bit of research actually to figure out what what qualifies. Yeah, Dean. What about you? Well, there was one that I uh, immediately thought of that I wanted, but uh, yeah, it's definitely surprising some of the results that come up as actual you know stage plays first. So no, it was fun. All right, Kevin, you get the options here. Who do you want to go first, out of us or you? Um, how about you guys? Okay. And who do you want to go first out of us? Oh, uh, let's go with Dean. Man, it's always Dean. What, what do I do? What, is it me? Is <laughs> it, it is you. <laughs> so, yeah. is, it, is it just that my first pick will always be the right choice so they throw it to you? Uh, you, you know what? I have to be strategic here. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. All right. For my first pick... I'm going to take one of my favourite movies, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Good. Good pick. Oh, wow. So that was a play then adapted from the book before it was a movie. It must have been. Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. All right, Kevin, you got two picks here. Go for it. Let's say, okay, well, then I'm going to go with another kind of obscure one that I don't think most people would even realise, and I'm going to say Casablanca. Very good, yeah. That's that's here on our list. We, would, we would definitely would have taken Solid that. Solid pick. All right, thank you. All right, you got another pick here, mate. So, I think I'm going to go with Hamlet. Which one? That's a good That's a good point. I'm going to go with Hamlet 1948. 1948, okay. Not a worry. Okay, my first pick. Hmm. I'm going to take... 12 Angry Men. No reactions? And the, <laughs> the crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 12 Angry Men. Now, which one? Uh, the, 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 50, good, the, the good one. The good one, yeah. <laughs> so not the TV the, movie. No, no, no. Not the Gandolfini one. The 58 uh, the black and white. One. All right. Yeah. All right, Dean. What are you going to take for a third? I'm going to take Closer. Oh, okay, I could see. I, was, I saw you picking that at some point. You're a big closer fan. I am too, but I definitely thought you were going to have that coming up pretty quick. <laughs> All right, Kevin, two more picks for you. What do you got, mate? Um, I'm going to go with one of my favorites. I'm going to say The Sound of Music. Very good. Yep. Yeah, not a bad choice at all. 
And then for my other pick, I'm going to say West Side Story. Yeah, yeah, I got that here on my list too. Nice pick. Thank you. Okay, my last choice. Uh, I'm going to go Amadeus. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and our last pick here is a collaboration. All right. Dean, Kevin's got a Shakespeare on there. We don't have a Shakespeare yet. What are your thoughts on Romeo and Juliet? I love Romeo and Juliet. Yeah? I would be more than happy to have that on there. Yeah? yeah. Not, you don't want to throw out any other suggestions just, just in case they don't come up on Kevin's radar? We're just going to lock that in? I love it. I think it's relatively popular. I don't know. What do people think about that movie? Now, which one are you talking about? The old one? The Baz Ro- Luhrmann. The oh. Baz Luhrmann, Leo DiCaprio one. Ro- Romeo plus Juliet. That's the one. That's hey. the one. <laughs> do you love that movie? Yeah. Do you want to take it? Yeah, I think we should. Okay. Our fifth pick's going to be Romeo plus Juliet. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big Baz Luhrmann fan, uh, and it's definitely, I, I love pretty much everything about that movie. Okay, mate. You're on to your last pick here. What are you going to take it out with? Oh, jeez. It's a tough one. Um, I think I'm going to go with a more recent one, and I'm going to go with 2002 Chicago. Dean. I fucking hate that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, please. Pick it all you want. Uh, That's why I didn't even suggest it as the fifth round. He's just going to punch me in the face uh, on the set. (laughs) I watched it, what, two, three weeks ago. It's just, I don't see the appeal at all. Interesting. Okay. Let's have a look at our results here. You have got Casablanca, 1948's Hamlet, The Sound of Music, West Side Story, and Chicago. And we've got One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, 12 Angry Men, Closer, Amadeus, and Romeo and Juliet. A couple of good quality lists there, as usual. Those are solid. All right, so we'll put those drafts up about 24 hours after we release the episode, and you, the listeners, can vote on who you think has the best draft. And it is a blind draft, as usual, so no pandering to the audience. We just let the movie speak for themselves. All right, that's going to do it for today. Thank you very much, Kevin. We've had an absolute blast today. That was a lot of fun, you guys. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Where can the listeners find you? So you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. Also, uh, subscribe to Real Spoilers, and you can follow the show at Real Spoilers, uh, although I do most of the tweeting. And, uh, of course, uh, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. But as far as subscribing, it's it's on all your podcatchers, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. So, uh, yeah, give it a shot. It's a lot of fun. We have fun doing it. Fantastic. Good to hear. All right, mate. Thanks for having you on once again, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, guys. All right. Now it's time for... That's my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked you, what film has your favourite ensemble cast? We got a lot of responses with this one, Hendo. A lot of responses. Let's go through a couple, shall we? Let's start on over at Twitter, Dean. First one here from Joe Stevenson. Off the top of my head, True Romance. From the cinema guys, definitely Tombstone. Gidget Von LaRue says, okay, I'll go old school. 1939, The Women. As in the movies from 1939? Yeah. Wow. Very old school. Stellar ensemble cast. Is it? 1939. I bet. Probably all the actresses in Hollywood. (laughs) Uh, Next up from Dylan Knows, Clue. No doubt about it. My man. I haven't seen Clue. Yes, you have. No, I haven't. You have told me you've seen Clue. I have not seen Clue. What the hell? Hey, what can I say? You haven't seen Clue. No, I haven't seen Clue. Maybe Mr. Body killed the cook. I'm assuming that's from Clue. Yes. (laughs) How? Moving on, here's one from Malin181. I'd argue that the greatest story ever told also has the greatest cast ever assembled. 
and he gives the list of a lot of well-known actors. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. Certainly showing off the evidence there. Next up, from Two Guys on Friday podcast, The Breakfast Club. It's a good choice. Solid. Mm. Here's a bit of a cheat from Ronnie Cassell, The Godfather Trilogy. I think you can have an ensemble cast of three different movies. Bit of a cop-out. Yeah. Something I've actually never heard of here from cell phone Superman, Sylvester Stallone's Oscar. I wonder if that's a real answer. What do you mean? Someone else, Brent Dreyer, thinks it's a real answer. He's backed up saying, yes, this is one of my favourite movies. Chaz Palmentry is gold. Can't argue with that. Chaz Palmentry is always gold. All right, I'll take your word for it, guys. Here's one from Mark Deitch. The Big Chill, no contest. You seen The Big Chill? I don't think so. I have not. Next up from Jade. Everyone's probably going to say The Avengers, and they'll be right. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Well, not everyone will say it, as we've seen. And heard. And our last one here from Chris737, Ocean's Eleven. And that's the 2001 remake, just to stipulate. Not a Sinatra fan? No, he's more of the Clooney fan. Dean Martin? Matt Damon? Yeah, you're done, aren't you? Well, I was naming people from the old one, and (laughs) I thought you'd come back with more, and no. All right, moving on over to our Facebook page. We got one here from the ever-lovely Brit Jeffrey. Morats is such a classic. I mean, who doesn't love Jane Silent Bob? I would have liked to answer a lot more, Brit, if it was Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. That's got an ensemble cast. Maybe even Dogma. Those two have some quality ensemble cast. Hmm. To each their own. And let's just rattle a couple off from Maya, loving family, <laughs> from my lovely mum, Karen, Valentine's Day. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you are blocked from this. <laughs> that would be the last time. <laughs> Damn it, mum. <laughs> You're embarrassing me. <laughs> Here's, here's a couple of better answers from my sister, Brooke. Guardians of the Galaxy. And from my other sister, Ebony, The Breakfast Club. I could watch that film all day, every day. Never gets old. From Didak Patel, Dazed and Confused, Pulp Fiction, and Love Actually. So many recognisable actors and great movies. And our last one on Facebook here from Reese McKenzie, Heat. All right, let's head over to our Patreon for our lovely patrons' comments. First one here from Ben Mulverhill. Tough question. I think I'd say The Grand Budapest Hotel. That's a good answer. It is a good answer. Next up, from Georgia Watson. The Oceans movies are the first I think of when asked about an ensemble cast. I know Oceans 8 had mixed reviews, but I love the strong female cast. I would rate the movie highly. And our last one here from Hayden Gerloff. Sin City, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, The Departed and Pulp Fiction. Thank you very much, everyone, for your responses. But Dean, let's get to our top five ensemble casts in film. All right, mate, kick it off. What do we got with number five? All right, Thomas Jane, Alfred Molina, Louis Guzman, Philip Baker Hall, Jason Robards, Melinda Dillon, Orlando Jones, William H. Macy, John C. Riley, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julianne Moore, Melora Walters, Tom Cruise. It is, of course, Magnolia number five. Interesting choice. So I want to put out a couple of little stipulations I did here. I kept off the list, like superhero films now. I didn't put on any Avengers because I feel like... That's just, that's just like a culmination of different films coming together. I also kept off, not that I would put them on there, but kept off those like New Year's Day, uh, what to expect and you're expecting kind of movies. So for me... Well, I don't think... I don't Hold on. I don't think that this is just the greatest names in a movie. I think the movie quality has got to be good and the performances have got to be good. You can't just say, here's a whole bunch of well-known people and this is the best ensemble cast. That's I what think, this is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying to you. You've got to have the elements of performance and quality of movie as well there. Oh, my top, my five on here are all yeah, great films exactly. that I would love to watch. I haven't put on a terrible film just because yeah. it's got a bunch of yeah, well-known people. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. That being said, how's this for a crew? William Fichter, Dennis Haysbert, Hank Azaria, 
Tom Noonan, Ted Levine, Natalie Portman, McKelty Williams from Ashley Judd, Amy Brennan and Tom Sizemore, John Voigt, Val Kilmer, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Michael Mann's Heat. Yeah, boy! I thought we were talking about your number five, not my number four. What? <laughs> yeah, no. Good choice. Heat is my number four. And even looking at my five here, like some of the ones I've kept off the list, it's, it's ridiculous how many I could have put on here. But my number four, how's this for a list? Elijah Wood, Nick Stahl, Brittany Murphy, Michael Madsen, Jamie King, Rutger mm. Hauer, Powers Booth, Josh Hartnett, Carla Gugino, Alexis Bledel, Michael Clark, Duncan, Benicio Del Toro, Rosario, Rosario Dawson, Clive Owen, Jessica Alba, Mickey Rourke, Bruce Willis. Holy shit, Sin yeah, City. It's great. It's great. Sin City. So many people. Yeah. And it's a quality film. Oh, it's a great film. Great film. Just missed my list. That's okay. All right. Next up, my number three. Here we go. Chris Penn. James Gandolfini, Samuel Jackson, Christopher Walken, Brad Pitt, Gary Oldman, Val Kilmer. Do you know what it is yet? I absolutely do. Dennis Hopper, Patricia Arquette, Christian Slater. It is true romance. A quality quality ensemble cast there. My number three, if you're going to have a Paul Thomas Anderson movie on here, you're going to have Magnolia. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I, you know, you, got it. you could go Boogie Nights, yeah, but I think I was... Magnolia has a stronger ensemble. Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson has some massive ensemble cast movies. Absolutely. Right, but back to you, mate. What's your number two? My number two. This will be really obvious, so I'll just say it. It's The Godfather. Absolutely. John Cazale, Diane Keaton, Robert Duvall, James Kahn, Al Pacino, Marlon Brando. This team works so well together, it's not funny. One of the best movies of all time with one of the greatest casts. Just missed my list. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. As did things like Pulp Fiction. I, I, I wow, yeah, I thought I that was going to be your nah, number one. I didn't have it on there. Oh, yeah, okay. It was so rough to take it off there. I know. But when you're thinking about ensemble casts, you clearly think of Wes Anderson. Yeah. And what do you get here? Owen Wilson, Tom Wilkinson, Tilda Swinton, Leia Seydoux, Jason Schwartzman, Saoirse Ronan, Edward Norton, Bill Murray, Jude Law, Harvey Keitel, Jeff Goldblum, Willem Dafoe, Adrian Brody, F. Murray Abraham, Ray Fiennes, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. What a stacked yep. film. Yeah, no, that's good. But right to our number ones, mate. We are. I reckon we've probably got the same number. Oh, one. this would be ridiculous if after all this, we got number one. I think there's no way you wouldn't put this here. There's probably not as many names as we've said with the other ones. But is it the sheer quality? The quality does not get any greater. Martin Sheen, Alec Baldwin, Mark Wahlberg, Jack Nicholson, Matt, Matt Damon, Damon, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio, The Departed. The Departed. Is Absolutely. that your number one? Number one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's. There's no doubt. This cast works so well together. Maybe a lot, maybe a bit smaller in comparison to like a Grand Budapest Hotel, but my God, everyone in this movie yeah. is on their A-game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, fantastic number one, Dean. Well, well said. Oh, that's so great. Hold on. So we both had The Departed, Heat and Magnolia on there. Absolutely. That is crazy. We do have similar tastes. I know, but even when I was looking at it, I was, yeah, there's so many you could go with. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Like, I was looking at them like, I had like Mars Attacks for a bit there. I'm like, yeah, I looked at yeah. Mars Attacks and I was like, eh, I just don't like the movie. The enough. quality of the film, yeah, not that good. No, too too many great ensemble casts out there. Yeah. Oh, very good. All right, for next week's question of the week, considering we're heading into Batman Begins, we're going to ask you, what is your favourite Christopher Nolan film? There's not many to choose from, but all of them are pretty, pretty top-notch. Hmm. Interesting to see how many following fans we have out there. I'm going to say set the bar at 1.5. <laughs> There'll be someone. 
There will be someone. There'll be someone now, now that we said it. Yes. You watch it. I'll get uh, Contrarian Julio. We'll pop that in. <laughs> All right, Dean, let's take a look at the results of the final eight in our best 1960s film tournament. The first match here, the number one seed, the good, the bad, and the ugly, takes out the number nine seed, The Apartment, with a 64% victory. Next up, we have Dr. Strangelove defeating Lawrence of Arabia with a 57% victory. Pretty close there. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Two matches that weren't close at all. The number two seed, Psycho, takes out To Kill a Mockingbird with a 75% win. And 2001, A Space Odyssey destroys Once Upon a Time in the West, 79% to 21. All right, so the final four is going to be The Good, The Bad and The Ugly against Dr. Strangelove and Psycho against 2001, A Space Odyssey. Holy shit. Yeah, I feel like Psycho and Space Odyssey... Yeah, is a battle worthy of a final. Exactly. So interesting to see what goes up against there. Yeah, but we'll put those polls out in two weeks' time because this week we're going to be doing our Pod V Pod movie draft. Okay, we're going to take one more break here, give you two more promos from some awesome podcasts out there, and we'll be back on the other side with what else we've been watching. If you've ever found yourself scrolling through the recommended movies on streaming services and wondering if any of those are worth your time, I'm here to help. Hi, I'm Erica, host of Customers Also Watched, a podcast about movies on Amazon Prime. I started with one movie from my own watch list, and from there, each episode, I grab a friend or two, and we discuss a movie from the Customers Also Watch list of the previous episode's movie. Follow on Twitter at CAW Podcast, and Facebook or Instagram under Customers Also Watched. Available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. See you down the rabbit hole. Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you all for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show to get our name out there and there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. You know, let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and another personal favourite of mine, CastBox. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can contact us on Twitter at twitter.com slash imdbjourney, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash imdbjourney, or you can email us at imdbjourney at gmail.com. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. Or if you're really loving the content and are looking for more, why not check out our Patreon where we post another weekly show breaking down films not on the IMDb Top 250 list. Yeah, that's right. What have we got coming up this week, Hendo? Well, Dean, we're back in our X-Men film series and we're up to James Mangold's The Wolverine. Yes, we are. So looking forward to having that conversation which should be out shortly. Now, one more thing we've been doing on our Patreon recently is I have a massive watch list of films. <laughs> oh, glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> And I want to get through some of these films, but sometimes I don't know which one to choose. There's a lot. Life is hard. Yeah, exactly. So I figured let's get the patrons involved. So once a week recently, I've been randomizing five films off the watch list and getting the patrons to vote on what film they would like me to watch for that week. So there's an added bonus if you would like to join our patron. The last two times they've selected Traffic and Babe, which is two of the films I'm going to be talking about in our next What Else I've Been Watching. The next five that are coming up for them to vote on, Paris, Texas, In Bruges, Neon Genesis Evangelion, Mysterious Skin, and Steven Spielberg's Lincoln. I think I'm going to vote Lincoln because I know how fucking long it is. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> no, but any of those choices will be great. So Man, I can that movie off the watch is list. so slow as well. <laughs> that is a tough watch, I've got to say. No, but they are halfway through the vote of the this week's movies, which is Braindead, Equilibrium, Rosemary's Baby, West Side Story, and Midnight Cowboy. 
So I'm very interested to see what movie I'm going to be watching off those five. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash imdbjourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. Hello, listeners. And before we bring you back to this wonderful episode of the IMDb Journey podcast with Daniel and Dean, I wanted to take this opportunity to introduce to you the Cinema Retail Podcast. I am your host, The Fern, and on each episode, myself, along with a great guest, we will be discussing iconic moments in classic movies. But then again, we'll also be discussing moments in really bad movies, too. Between those episodes, I will be giving you bonus audio reviews of movies, either new or old. So come check us out. Our main site is on thatmomentin.com. You can listen to us on Stitcher, Podomatic, Spotify, iTunes, Player FM, most places you can listen to podcasts. Just search for thatmomentin.com. Our Twitter handle is cinema underscore recall. Thank you very much for listening. Now, let's get back to Daniel and Dean. And I'm pretty sure that they're going to be arguing about some movie, all right? Enjoy. Thank you. All right, before we get into what else we've been watching, just a quick heads up, we will not be spoiling the following films. So if you haven't seen them, never fear. Now, with that being said, let's get into... The good. The bad. All right, Dean, what's your magic number for the last two weeks? You did say on the last podcast that you watched four in a day, the day after we were recorded. What did you end up on? Fair to say. (laughs) You could not keep up that pace. My progress did slow down somewhat. I ended up on 10. 10's not bad. All right. Take out all my rewatches. I've got 13. Oh, nice. Yeah. So why don't I kick it off with a couple first? My number 13 is the Netflix film, Isn't It Romantic? Okay. Yes, the uh, Rebel Wilson thing? Yeah, the Rebel Wilson thing And I mean the accurate. Rebel Wilson film, not- No, no, thing is accurate. Oh, wow. Shots fired. The good thing about this film is that it's somewhat amusing at times when it makes fun of those, you know, cliche romantic movie tropes. You get a chuckle out of a couple of those things. The bad, Rebel Wilson's not funny. I've never thought she was funny. I just don't find her appealing as a comedian. And the musical numbers, they're all atrocious. There's- at least three musical numbers, especially the the final one. It was horrid. Did not now, enjoy this. Does Rebel sing though? Like yes. Would you say her like pitch when singing is not perfect? Dickhead. <laughs> Too easy. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I give this one and a half. Fair enough. Okay, here's a couple of reviews. First one here from Sec. An accurate parody of romantic comedies that also falls into the same tropes it has fun picking apart. I found it to be sweet, funny, and romantic. Rebel Wilson is a star and deserves more leading roles. Most of what you said is wrong. That's harsh. Well, People are allowed different opinions, Hendo. This is what gets you in strife. You just you're so strife. narrow-minded. How much strife? Oh, you're in strife, Mister. <laughs> you listen here. <laughs> I'm the one sitting in the corner. Here's one from Corey Tatum. It's so cute and funny, and a great spoof or pun on romantic comedies. There are so many nods and tropes to pick up. The movie has some flaws, but overall it's good. Rebel Wilson is in her best role to date. It's not really saying much. You could you could say she's beguiling. Maybe I should watch it. I'll have a great spoof. <laughs> I mean, that's funnier than anything in the film. <laughs> and our last one here from JD at the In Session Film Podcast. A nice surprise. Definitely better than I thought it was going to be. Jesus. Maybe it's okay and you're just- Well, why don't you want to watch it then? Nah, you gave it one and a half. I'm not watching that. <laughs> Really? Even though that your lovely wife, Britt, loved this film? Really enjoyed the light-hearted comedy? I'm just so disappointed that you watched it without me. 
Because <laughs> now you're going to have to watch it by yourself. Now she's going to have to watch it again. <laughs> okay, moving on to my number 12, and it's another Netflix film, The Dirt. Oh, no good. I've seen a lot of positive stuff about it. <sighs> it's... I, I expected a little bit better from this film. The good... Can, sorry, what? is it about Mot- Motley Crew? Yeah, biopic about Motley Crew, And it's meant to be accurate? See, that's the thing. Okay. Okay. So the good for me is that there's actually a super strong scene midway through that really, really stood out in this somewhat average film mm. and really hit me hard. Like, it was very solid. The problem is, is it has some horrible storytelling overall. The use of fourth wall breaking in this film is pretty bad. And the fact that, yeah, this is a biopic, but they have some blatant omissions from true events and they openly say, oh, yeah, this is this is not real. Like, this, we're, we're cutting this out of here. Sorry, it's just we don't have time to be talking about this. So, this, is, this, this didn't actually happen. This, there was actually another person here, but don't worry about it. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, this isn't real? Okay. Yeah, I just- That's I, odd. It was, yeah, it was annoying. So, I give, I give this film two stars. Okay. All right, here's a review from the Tom Hanks Defense Force. The Dirt is a loud, outrageous riot about arguably one of the most important bands of all time. I cannot name a single Motley Crue song. Shout at the devil! Mind you, I just watched the movie. <laughs> but I did know Is that shout- their biggest song? Girls, girls, girls. Smoking in the boys' room. Hold on. How's girls, girls, girls go? Girls, girls, girls. Did you not pick up on that? Girls, girls, girls. Is it like that? No, that's Girls on Film by Duran Duran. It is too. You could pick up. <laughs> girls on Yeah, I don't think I know any Motley Crue songs. Smoking in the boys' room? No. Uh, I think those are the three that I know. They're probably their three biggest hits. Okay. Yeah. My number 11 film- is a film that I think we can both talk about here. M. Night Shyamalan's Glass. David Dunn, the only person to survive that train wreck all those years ago. What do you do? I'm in security. You think you have superpowers? It's a feeling. Vision. I have to touch them. You believe you are a protector. My name is Patricia. I have no question. There are two dozen identities. I'm Mary Reynolds. Por favor, senora. We almost got you, bro. That live in that body with you. The beast is coming any minute now for you guys. But what I am questioning is your belief that you are something more than human. And yet, it is true. Glass. Gee, I have, I have that quite high on my list, I must say. Really? Yeah. But what does the the ranking say? It's more about the rating. Uh, the rating says it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> so in saying that, you're not so good rating and you're high, you're high ranking. Uh, I do not recommend Glass. I don't either. I think the, the good about this film, and I try not to give goods as acting performances, but my God, James McAvoy stands out so clearly in this film. He, is, he puts on a performance and a half. Maybe I'd say he puts on... 18 performances. Yeah, no, he's really he's really great. I um not to spoil it, but in the cast like the end credits it has like all his yes. characters name with just his name next to it. It's cleverly done. I agree James McAvoy is one of the best things about it. I also did like to see the continuation of Bruce Willis's character from Unbreakable and I found it somewhat rewarding seeing him and his son having embraced the the superhero lifestyle and how they are sort of living their life with his with his powers. The I didn't pro- mind that stuff. The problem is Bruce Willis wasn't good in this film. He was, he's, he's, un, he's underused in this film for sure. Like he's he's in it very prominently for the first what 
15 minutes and then mm. he's just pushed aside like it's nothing. Mm. And his character of David Dunn in Unbreakable is fantastic. Like he puts on a quality performance in Unbreakable. Here he's just nothing. He's emotionless. I just didn't think he put on a good performance. Okay. I didn't – I understand that, but you're sort of at this point you got to – you know, you go into a new Bruce Willis performance with extremely low expectations. It wasn't that bad from him. It wasn't great. It's nowhere near, obviously, his work in Unbreakable. It was okay. I did like just seeing that character moving forward. Fair enough. My bad that I put down here was that for me, it just felt really stale and there wasn't too much to it. I actually think that, you know, the classic M. Night Shyamalan tropes that he does, that, at you know, towards the end, that whole thing, the reveal, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. My bad is the story really goes nowhere, both in plot and location. Like, it, there's really there's not a lot to this story. I didn't mind the fact that it's pretty much set in one location because it's it's sort of throwing it back in that superhero genre. Mm. I also I didn't like how much it really was trying to force the comic book stuff down our throats. Like, I felt it leaned too heavily in that comic book thing. Whereas in Unbreakable, you sort of get it as, you know, almost a twist at the end, this whole comic book stuff, mm. and it felt like, oh, wow, that's a great way to look at it. It changed the whole movie. Whereas this one, it's just comic book, comic book, comic book. It's like, yeah, we get it, all right? And Sarah Paulson, super annoying. Yeah, she's in it a lot. She is. And, yeah, she's, she's just not good. not good in this. And Sam Jackson, he's wasted. He's nothing in this film. Yeah, there's a lot of... A lot of- Disappointing things, mind you. I I didn't rate Split either. Oh, I rate Split much much higher than this. Oh, I think Split's a better film than this. Yeah, but I, I don't. I didn't rate Split in general. Yeah, I didn't hate this. Um, I I give it two and a half. I give it a two. All right, got a couple of reviews here on Twitter from Mike Mark and Oscar. So bad. Sums it up pretty well. <laughs> from a face mainly your mother could love. Glass was entertaining to a degree. I only want to say it was Dookie in the streets because of my expectations and James McAvoy's final form being shrunk down. Did you just say Dookie? Um, not my words. It's Dookie. means poo. Oh. Come on, mate. I don't know that. Dookie means poo. Yes. I never heard that. You learn something every day. And lastly, from Scotty Austin Brown, I saw it with mum back in January and we both really liked it. That's nice. Good for you, Scotty. All right, Dean, over to you, mate. What's your number 10 film? The worst film you've seen recently. Is it Bronson levels of bad? What did I give Bronson one? Uh, nah, it's better than Bronson. It is Cube. Cube, ah, okay. Yes, Cube. The old, no-budget sort of thriller, I guess. I'd heard some really good stuff about this. I heard it was really intelligent, and I was pretty pumped to see it. Man, it was disappointing. For me, the good, it's an original idea. I like that. It's a different movie. I'm on board. (laughs) Like, that's all. That is literally it. The bad, the CGI is, like, at this point, it's embarrassing. It is so- 97-ish, wasn't it? Yeah, late 90s. It's unacceptable by today's standard watching that movie. Uh, The acting is extraordinarily amateur. And the characters are all super unlikable as well. I mean, that's that's okay there, but you say, like, it is an amateur film. Like, it's, it's a very low-budget film. Yeah, but you can watch low-budget amateur films that have great acting in it. What about Camino? Solid point. Thank you. That shut you down. Um, it's also really boring. So, one, <laughs> there and you half, go. <laughs> one and a half stars for me. Looking at Twitter from the Galaxy Wars podcast, Cube is an unexpected good movie. You think you're watching a mediocre Sunday afternoon Cinemax special, but it turns out to be an engaging, fun and unique movie that you can find traces of in the Saw franchise. Yeah, definitely reminiscent of Saw. But Saw came out after it. Did Saw rip off Cube? 
Oh, I don't care if it did. It was great. <laughs> did it better. <laughs> and lastly, from Koi, like the fish, Cube is such a cult classic, original concept with enough cheesiness to it that keeps the audiences entertained for most of it. For most of it. What a glowing review there. <laughs> All right, Hendo, on to number 10, is it? My number 10 film is Piercing. Do you know about Piercing? No. It's a 2019 film. Have you ever had a piercing? Yes. Was it an eyebrow? No, it was the top of my ear. Really? Yeah, top of my left ear. Funny enough, I had it in there and then I went camping and got drunk. It sounds very camp. And then I got drunk and as I was making my tent, I stood up and the rope caught it and ripped it out. That's really painful. <laughs> what? Especially camping as well. It's not like you can just go to the hospital or something. Uh, I got over I was pretty drunk at the time, so I was kind of numbed out. Anyway, moving on to piercing the movie. Basically, the premise of the story is a man kisses his wife and baby goodbye and seemingly heads away on business with a plan to check into a hotel, call an escort service, and kill an unsuspecting prostitute. I don't know if you know the two leads in this. It's Christopher Abbott and Mia Wasikowska. Oh, Alice in Wonderland. That's the one. Pretty sure you butchered her name as well. She's Australian. I read it as it says it right here. Okay. Pretty sure that's accurate. Anyway, the good with this is that in the same spirit of like the dirt per se, there is a very solid scene in the middle here where he's imitating something like he's practicing and as he's doing it it's like a mime the sound effects are coming through as he's doing it and it's the sound mixing in this film particularly in this point it's very very convincing very well done like that was a big highlight especially in that scene that i'm talking about the bad with this film is i don't think there's enough in this film fully to get involved with the two lead characters and ultimately it ends very abruptly this goes for about 88 89 minutes there's just not enough there to say, check it out. I say two and a half stars. Okay. Back to you, mate. What's your number nine? My number nine is A Dog's Way Home. Oh, oh no. What do you mean, oh, no? I'm going to watch this with the kids. Are you going to watch it? I'm going to watch it with the kids. Yeah, watch it. It's great. <laughs> it's no glass. All right. They're good. Not much, to be honest. <laughs> uh, even, honestly, cute animals? Even my daughter couldn't sit through it. Uh, the end was a bit touching. Is it like Milo and Otis? No, because that's a really good movie. But is it like the voiceover of just the the real life dog finding his way home? Yes, as I was saying, the ending was touching, but it was super cliche. Like it's it is what you expect it's going to mm. be. Uh, the bad, the CGI is really bad in this movie. CGI? Yes, exactly. <laughs> there is CGI in this film. It's it's really clunky. And as you say, we hear the dog's thoughts throughout the movie and they're super dumb dog thoughts. <laughs> they're like, Isn't it a puppy? Yeah, but it's super simple. Like, it's like this is a dumb dog. And I guess I think what they were going for was like cute and endearing. Just comes across as like you're watching this child think and it's not, it's not endearing. It's like, fuck, you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just very basic corny movie. I give it one and a half stars. All right, number nine, Hendo. My number nine, I'm going to start off with the good already because you said last year about Scooby-Doo and ba uh, Batman and Scooby-Doo, The Brave and the Bold is one of the best names to a movie you've heard. Here we go. I, I've got one in contention. Okay. The Man Who Killed Hitler oh, and then The Bigfoot. Yes, <laughs> yes okay. Yes. I've heard about this film. Sam, Sam Elliott. Sam yeah. Elliott. One of the good things is obviously how fun that name is. Really rolls off the tongue. Absolutely. Sam Elliott. I also think the use of the flashbacks in this film really work well in showing Sam Elliott's character, his past, and his progression to where he is now. The bad with this film is the Bigfoot is so unforgivably awful. 
it legit looks like someone is just gone and get a costume from like a two dollar shop and is running around in the woods. It, it's horrible. Like it, it's pretty decent. The story, the, the the film itself is pretty decent throughout up until that point where he encounters the Bigfoot, and from there, man, it deteriorates so quickly. Really, drops off. Pretty awful. Okay, if the Bigfoot looked ten times better, looked amazing. Would it still be that bad? Like, would it still deteriorate that quickly? No. Oh, so it really is the just the appearance of Bigfoot that killed it for you. Pretty much. It just looks like it was it was shot at home on a you know a dollar budget basically. Okay. So I give it two and a half. Okay. What was the good again? Sorry, the name of the movie. <laughs> I'm just, just and and the good use of flashbacks showing the okay, character yeah. of Sam Elliott. Okay. And how and his and his role in Hitler. Okay. <laughs> the, good, the name of the movie. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot what you said. <laughs> that brings us to your number eight. Yes, which is Dumbo. You have something very rare. You have wonder. You have mystique. You have magic. Come with me. Together, we can soar on that elephant's wings. What's happening? Where are they taking her? Take Dumbo back inside. But she's his mom. Do something. She needs us. Look at me. We're going to bring your mama home. Dumbo. Pretty dumb? Speaking of simple characters, Dumbo. Okay, so the good... I think the animation was actually quite good. Okay. I was on board with that. Also, when Dumbo first flies... You really do get that genuine feel of joy. Like I was watching this with my nine-year-old and I could feel like, yeah, this is an enjoyable experience for us. That's really about it though. The bad, Colin Farrell, he was really irritating. He's this really sour father figure who never really came around for me at all. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of his. Obviously, it's super cliche. The kids are okay, but the grown-ups know nothing moments are just non-stop. Like, you know these movies where the kids are always right and, all oh, the grown-ups will catch on soon enough? Yep, there's a ton of those. Oh, this movie just does it again and again and again. The worst thing, though, is the actual story. Not a lot happens in this movie at all. How long does it go for? It goes for nearly two hours. The original animation, do you know how long that goes for? Yeah, it goes for just under 70 minutes. I think it's 64 minutes long. Yeah. And it's like... <sighs> It's just, you can see, like, I've watched a little bit of the old animation one recently and Dumbo doesn't fly till like, the last 10 minutes of the movie. Like, it's oh, like- Spoiler, I haven't seen it. It's like it's like the end of the movie when he flies. Oh, it's, thanks, I don't have to watch it now. This movie really focuses on the, the human characters. None of the animals are talking. Like, in the animation, it's all talking animals. Yeah. This is, nah, none of that at all. Just lost any magic that the original Dumbo had is gone. And I'm not a big fan of the original Dumbo. It's one of the weaker, you know, classic Disney movies. I don't know why they made this remake. And I was, I was. Sh- money, 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 money. Money. I was really surprised it was a Tim Burton film. I didn't realize that till the credits came on. Did not feel like a Tim Burton film. Well, it doesn't have Johnny Depp in it. No, it doesn't. So I give Dumbo two stars. Fair enough. All right, looking at a review here on Twitter from Corey Tatum. 
It's okay. Not good, but not bad either. I like that I noticed multiple references and acknowledgements to the original animation. However, that does not make up for the fact that this movie really doesn't have enough strength to fly on its own. Well said, Corey. From Julio at the Contrarians, better than the animated version. There, I said it. Just kidding, I don't remember enough of the animated version to truly compare. You kidder you. But this one was fine, even with a weak child performance. Lastly, from Alvaro Zuniga, I loved it as a family film. Really nice. Thanks, Alvaro. Alright, what's your number eight film this week, Hendo? My number eight is a film that you can talk about as well. Dragged Across Concrete. Ah, nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. This is my first recommend of the films I've been speaking about. The good for me is the chemistry between Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn. It is a massive highlight in this film. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think Mel Gibson's really, really strong in it. Vince Vaughn, he still is just Vince Vaughn to me all the time. He's really trying, though. They're both really good in it. You say Vince Vaughn is, is always Vince Vaughn. I compare it to another Craig Sala film that he's done recently, Brawl and Cellbox 99. I don't think that's a, that's a very Vince Vaughn performance at all. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I felt like Vince Vaughn was a lot different in Brawl and Cellbox 99. Better performance in that film. Absolutely. I also think the, the final third of this film was pretty solid. Like pretty solid overall. And I think the script for this film is really, really good. Very interesting use of dialogue in some scenes. Yeah, I felt like the director really lets these characters just breathe a bit. Yeah. Lets them relax and shine and have very natural conversations. I agree, the script is really strong. And I felt the movie was really like super unpredictable as well. Okay. See, and, could- the action- and the action scenes are great. I could almost treat the unpredictability as a bad in this film, in particular the Jennifer Carpenter character and her overall arc. I oh, thought I that was that. a no, I thought that was atrocious. Why? It I was just so unexpected. I didn't like it at all. Nah, I see, I like that. I thought it was different, unusual. I got on board. There's other side characters as well that they're given like really long openings and you never really know like who's the main character of this film, where it's all gonna meet up, where it's gonna tie together. Yeah, really tense moments. I really, really like this film. I don't mind the film. I think it's unnecessarily long. It clocks in at over two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah, it's very long. I give this a three star. Okay, yeah. For me, negative for me, it is a little slow in parts. I didn't mind it, obviously, as much as you. And Laurie Holden is in it. Never a good move. Overall, I give it four stars. Okay. How does it stack up against uh, Brawl and Cellbuck 99 and Bone Tomahawk? Oh, definitely better than Bone Tomahawk. I wasn't a big fan of that. No, you weren't. Um, Brawl in Cell Block, it'd be on par. Maybe Brawl is slightly better. I think Brawl is better than this. All right, back to you, mate. You're number seven. My number seven is Welcome to Marwin. Why did you watch this? Well, I recently finished my uh, millionth rewatch of The Office and I was missing a bit of Steve Carell and, uh, yeah, I thought I'd give this a crack. Mm. How did it go for you? Uh, it was okay. Like The good, the toy to life figures actually look really impressive. Okay. Okay. okay, I will never watch this film. He's sitting here, mind you, arms crossed, leaning back, so fucking defensive. Mate, I'm not saying you have to watch that. it. I'm just telling you what I thought about it. You watch, you prick. You're going to win this 60s battle, so you're like, welcome to Bowen. <laughs> no, the animation, it's realistic enough to be effective, but fake enough to easily differentiate what is reality and what is in the protagonist's mind. The bad. The original idea just does not work ultimately in this film. Whilst it is an interesting representation of what a PTSD sufferer could be going through and what he uses to escape it, it is actually really slow and I found myself just wandering, like my mind was just wandering often. Mm-hmm. Never a good sign. Two stars. Okay. I don't recommend you watch it. <laughs> well, I gathered that. All right, Hendo, number seven. My number seven film is the film that is the oldest film I've ever seen now, from 1920, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It's a very old, 
obviously, black and white silent film. The good for this film, it actually has some really great production design for a film in the 20s. It uses very unconventional backdrops and settings that you wouldn't see in any films around that time. Like, I think I actually watched something recently on this. Did you? It has like odd angles. Yeah, it curves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did the, see something yeah. recently and on it's this. Ve- yeah, very unconventional way to bring in production design, I guess, from the 1920s. The bad for me with this film- that, I'm sorry, but that is the, the odds of that are incredible. You've randomly watched this movie that's 100 years old at the exact same time that I watched this thing <laughs> where this comes on a, a top five production design thing and you're saying how great the production <laughs> design is. That's, that is odd. Interesting. The bad for me is that the last portion of this film, it definitely sagged when it was getting towards the end and it got too confusing. Like, I think I understood how it finished, but there was a lot that was happening. Maybe it was just the fact that, it, you know, it's a silent film. It's coming up with the- That was the, the script. Pretty good. couple of good sentences that came up. A couple of zingers. <laughs> now, overall, I think it is a, a decent watch for a film that's very well revered, I guess. I mean, that's the caveat though, isn't it? It's a decent watch. For a film that that is that old. You yeah. Know? I give it three stars. Okay. Moving on to your number six, mate. I wasn't kidding when I said I was missing Steve Carell. My number six is Dinner for Schmucks. Have you seen this film? No. If, you, if you're missing Steve Carell, why are you watching these films? Because I haven't seen them. 40-year-old virgin. I've seen that. Crazy Stupid Love. Seen it. So what? <laughs> no, I want to watch more movies. I want to watch movies I haven't seen. All right. Just quickly. The good. Super easy watch. Like, this is Steve Carell, Paul Rudd. Doing their super charismatic, charismatic, charismatic performances. <laughs> they are, you, you know what you're getting from these two. And they're great. Like, they really are great. Yeah. The bad, it's really not funny, though. Like, it's kind of mean spirited mm. in parts. Sorry, have you seen it? No, it just, I'm doing a you here where I look at the poster, I'm like, that looks like shit. I'm not going to be watching that. It's the haircut, isn't it? Steve I don't Carole's know. It's, it's just his general demeanor. <laughs> like, no, no, thank you. Some of the jokes, like, they border on awkward for how bad they are as well. Yeah. And, Super predictable. Two and a half stars. Okie doke. My number six is the film we just did a bonus episode on. Shazam! Shazam! And you can listen to our thoughts and reviews over there on that episode. Indeed. On to you, mate. you number five. How to Train Your Dragon 3. Ah, you finally got around to watching it, did you? I did. What'd you think of it? Not a lot, to be honest. Aw. So, the good for me, it's inoffensive, light fun. That's about it. Like, there's lots of bright colours. I'm not I'm not the bad. I'm not really into this franchise. I know you are hmm. a big fan of it. It's very corny. It's very safe. It's more of the same from one and two. I, I don't know why this franchise is so highly regarded. And I don't mean just you. I think you're in the majority with how you feel about the franchise. Overall, it's, it's fine. Two and a half. Oh, this is a fine two and a half as yeah. opposed to the not fine two and a half. Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Keep up. <laughs> my number five is the first of two films that our lovely patrons gave me to watch in the last two weeks, Babe. Yes? No. Don't do that. <laughs> no, Babe, the lovely pig. Hey. How dare you? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, shit. No, the good about this film is it's very sweet. It's, oh, it's very it charming. Ever? I can't believe you. I saw this at cinemas. I've seen yeah. this 10 times. Yeah, all these films. And it's Hugo Weaving. <laughs> I didn't even realise it was Hugo Weaving until oh, I saw the credits. Come on. I wasn't picking. Oh, I didn't, Sounds like Hugo Weaving. This was not one of those films where I'm trying to sit there going, oh, who's this voice actor? Who's this voice actor? He has an extraordinarily distinct voice. Didn't even pick up on it. Did you realise James Cromwell was in it? I think so. <laughs> I also thought that the animatronics in this film really hold up. Oh, 
That being said, the bad, the bloody CGI mouth talking animals, that looked a little ridiculous to, the, to today's standards. Like, you could tell the difference between when they're doing the fake CGI talking and the animatronics. Animatronics worked really well. CGI started to look really bad. I still enjoyed it, though. My kids loved it. They've seen it already, so that was sitting there going, and this is what's going on. I'm like, no, you shut up. You do not tell me what happens here. <laughs> Three and a half stars. How is the bad, not those annoying mice that announced Nah, the it didn't bother me. Oh, they irritate me. All right, mate, back over to you. Your number four. My number four is Glass. Okay. Back to you. My number four is The Standoff at Sparrow Creek. And this is a 2019 film about a former cop turned militia man who investigates a shooting at a police funeral. And the good for me about this film is that it's very tense and engaging at times. It's got some pretty good character development with multiple people in this film. The bad for me is that the end reveal, it felt really rushed and didn't give it any chance to breathe. It felt like, here's what happened and it's the end. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Ah, it didn't do it for me. That being said, the end point is the the point that drags it the most. Everything else in it is pretty, pretty good. I do give this three and a half. Okay, here's a review here from the FTR podcast. It was my number one for a long time of the year, but it just got bumped to second place. Love the entire build-up, just didn't love the ending. Completely agree. Back to you, mate. What is your number three? My number three is Friday. Damn! <laughs> yes, well done. Thank you. It's the only thing I know about that film. Yes. Friday is about a couple of young guys getting stoned, avoiding work, just hanging out in there in one day, in a Friday, basically. The good. It's a really good look at a day in the life of these people. And it's, re- but honestly, it is really funny. Like, I haven't laughed this loud at a movie for a long time. Yeah. It's genuinely really, really funny. I really want you to watch it. You will get a kick out of it for sure. Well, why don't you pick it for me next time? I was laughing heaps. Like, unexpectedly funny characters just kept going. <laughs> and these reactions, like, obviously that gif of the two guys going, damn, is really popular. But there are just, like, countless gold reactions from these guys. Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, really good stuff. Yeah. The bad. The third act gets a bit too serious. Okay. And doesn't hold the laughs as much as the first two acts. Chris Tucker is a little grating as well, but not intolerable by any stretch. Overall, funny as shit, three and a half stars. Are you going to be watching next Friday? No, nah, I think I'll stop while I'm ahead, to be honest. I'm not sure what the sequels are meant to be like, but I think this was a good little encapsulation of it. Not going to move on to like Friday the 13th? It's not related. Didn't say it was? No, then no, oh, I will not. Fine. Well, my number three is an old classic Disney film that I've been trying to catch up on. There's a bunch of Disney films that I need to catch up on. Alice in Wonderland. Oh, that's really good. Yes, it is very good. One of the stronger Disney films, Alice in Wonderland. The good for me about this film is the animation is very, very good. Stunning. Mm. Like, for a 1951 film. 51, man. It is very colourful. It's very vibrant. It's a great story, too. Like, it's- Yeah, for sure. The, The story in this is Lewis Carroll wrote Alice in Wonderland. It's really, really strong. Like, and- a lot of the connections as well about drug use and how you get the highs and lows from it. It's yeah. really, there's a lot to this story than uh, First Glance. I really like Alice in Wonderland. The bad for me is, this. I mean, with some of these movies, it's really hard to like to focus on a bad. Like, There's no specific thing in here that puts it in a negative perspective. It's just generally good for me. Yeah, like, that's fine. There's, yeah, exactly. So for me, I give it a, like a three and a half. Yep. No, that's good. Okay, mate, number two. Dragged Across Concrete. Okie doke. Well, my number two film is Run, Lola, Run. 
I watched this. I have a story. It's a very short story, so bear with me. Got in the car one day. I was going to my old man's when I was a teenager, probably a young teenager, and I was really looking forward to, I think it was to see The Patriot. There's was a movie around that around that stage. And I get in the car. I was like, all right, Dad, are we going to see The Patriot? And he goes, no, I've actually got this foreign film about this girl who runs around a lot. And I was like, oh, classic dad joke. Good one, Dave, but seriously. He's like, no, really. And I was like, oh. Let me out. <laughs> That's it. I, I watched it. I don't, remember. I don't remember what I thought of it. but uh, I think it's really good. The good for this film is that it's very it's it's short, but it's contained. Well, she gets tired. She doesn't. She just runs. It is Miller Djokovic, isn't it? No. Oh, who is it? <laughs> I really thought it was Miller. It's an actress by the name of Franca Patente. Do you know who that is? She in the Born Identity? Holy shit, she is. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I did not even notice that. Yeah. Good pickup. Nailed it. Yeah, this film, it never skips a beat. It never lets up. It's just always going, going, going. It's got great use of correcting your mistakes as well, like reliving. Yeah, this, it has yeah. timeline jumps and stuff. Not so much timeline jumps, but just like repeating the same thing. Like more like It's sort of like a kind of Groundhog Day, like repeating the same actions. Love Groundhog Day. Yeah, repeating the same actions that you just took to do the right thing, to make to get the best result. Sounds like time jumping to me, but okay. No, no. The bad for me is very tiny thing here. There's the there's these animation scenes in it that just kind of took me out of it. They're they're very, they're only in it for you know a couple of minutes total, so eh, it's not too bad. I give it four stars. Nice. All right, and number ones, my friend. What do you got? Have you already spoken about it? You know what it is. Just say the name. Shazam! Oh yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Hendo? My number one film is the other film that the patrons gave me to watch, Traffic. Mmm. Yes. Another one I saw when with the old man when I was young, like very young. So how was it? Very solid. It's just one I've just been meaning to get to for so long. It's just it's always just on the tip of the watch list and just something else takes over. Does Michael Douglas give a fantastic speech at the end? Yeah. The good for me about this film is Steven Soderbergh's excellent use of colour throughout the film in regards to moving from the various stories being told. He he definitely has each story in, in some different shade of colour, which works really well. Is there a Mexican story? Yes, with okay. Benicio del Toro. And subtitled? Yes. Yeah, I've, I honestly think that may have hindered my enjoyment as a as a younger viewer. Oh, I recommend you go back yeah. and check it out. I, re- I really should. It's, it's, it's long though, isn't it? Yeah, it's over two hours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the performances overall across the board were pretty solid. There was no real weak point. The bad for me is that there was certain points that were a bit too on the nose with what I was trying to say. It may Ooh. as well it may as well have winked at the camera. Is that a pun from you, Hendo? No. no. Snorting S- joke? I don't even know what drugs they're doing. What are they doing? They're doing snorting drugs? They are, aren't they? Cocaine nah, and stuff? meth. They're getting a meth pretty, oh, okay. pretty early on. I mean, you can snort meth. Can you? Do you oh, know experience? Oh, no. <laughs> God. So that's uh, that's traffic number one for the for the fortnight for me. Four stars. Thank you, patrons, for that pick. Very well done. Oh, awesome. So that's going to do it. Thank you very much to Kevin Brackett from the Real Spoilers podcast. They're a great pod v pod. They are. Top bloke. And then next week, we're back with our breakdown of Batman Begins. Mm. Pump for this one. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be good. So until next time, listeners, thank you very much. We'll see you next week for Batman Begins. Bye. Okay.